Welcome back to Cause Talk Radio, another true story from True Story FM. I'm your host, Megan Strand with Engage for Good. You can find full show notes and additional resources for today's episode at engageforgood.com. This episode is brought to you by Submittable, a cloud-based submission management platform that makes it easy to accept, review, and select any kind of content, ranging from requests for donations, scholarships, and grants, to managing employee volunteerism forms, fellowships, and job applications. Learn more at submittable.com forward slash EFG. We're back with another special edition of Cause Talk Radio, in which we feature a deep dive conversation with one of this year's Halo Award winners. This episode features the gold winner in the health category, an initiative called The Truth About Opioids, a partnership between Lidos and The Truth Initiative. I'm joined today by Melissa Duenas, SVP and Director of Communications and Marketing for Lidos, and Eric Ashey, CMO for The Truth Initiative. We talk about their partnership focused on widening the conversation about opioid abuse, both among Lidos employees as well as other companies via a CEO pledge. We discuss critical metrics for this partnership and how both partners consider this a marathon, not a sprint. We also discuss the incredible brand expansion that the Truth Initiative made when they decided to tackle the opioid crisis and how corporate partners like Lido's have helped them make their vision a reality. Well, hello, Eric and Melissa. Welcome to Cause Talk Radio. Thanks for having us. Yeah, happy to be here. Well, first of all, congratulations on your amazing Halo award-winning campaign, which is what we are here to talk about. Um, I wanted to just start us off today, give our audience a little bit of a background about who you are and what you do. So, Melissa, would you start us off there? So, I'm a senior vice president at a company called Lidos. That's L-E-I-D-O-S. And um, we are about an $11 billion company with 37,000 employees. But we do a lot of work uh, in different markets, including a lot of work for the government, but also civil markets and a lot of health work. And really, our um, our philanthropic efforts have really evolved around um, over the years. And right now, we center around things like STEM education, basic needs and wellness, ethics and leadership, military and national security families. And we're very proud to have recently launched a mental health uh, campaign that, that builds on our strong work that we've done uh, with Eric and others around uh, anti-opioids. Fantastic. Thank you. And how about you, Eric? Who are you and what do you do? Very existential question here. It at, is. Uh, like we start off with the tough <laughs> ones on Cause Talk Radio. Yeah. My name is Eric Ashey. I'm the chief marketing and strategy officer for an organization called the Truth Initiative. And if you know of us, you probably know of us via our work, the Truth Campaign. So the Truth Campaign was launched in early 2000 to combat uh, cigarette smoking, primarily initiation from youth and young adults. Um, And so we were a result of the master settlement agreement. If if those of you on Zoom remember when state AGs collectively sued the tobacco industry and there there was a ton of settlements that went directly to states. Some of that money was portioned off for a national organization, independent organization, to focus on public education because in the court's assessment, they wanted to make sure that uh, the tobacco industry was not able to perpetrate this fraud at scale against the American public by telling them that lies and deceiving them on the harmful nature of cigarettes, the addictive nature, and all the things that we now know. And so for 20 years, we were really focused almost exclusively, or I should say 17 years, on combustible cigarettes. 
Uh, and then opioids uh, really became a scourge that we're all very familiar with, sadly, and had a tremendous impact and is still having a tremendous impact on youth and young adults. And so we decided to use our expertise and our brand to really engage youth to educate them there. Um, and we also talk about vaping. It'd be impossible not to deal with vaping when you're talking about youth and young adults and combustible products. And so those three things are really what make up our ecosystem. It's, it's primarily public education, high bar for um, documenting um, and proving that our, our interventions actually work, which as I'm sure we'll get to, which is why we are so thrilled to be partnered with someone like Lidos. But in a nutshell, that's what we do. We are safeguarding so that we stop that pipeline of long-term smokers that are going to go on and contract cancer and die as a result. Fantastic. Well, thank you both so much. Um, Melissa, can you just set the stage for us a little bit? So Lidos's involvement with the opioid crisis started with um, an unfortunate experience of one of your employees. So can you tell us what happened and how this all got started from your perspective? You know, opioids, Lidos, not a whole lot of correlation there. So not, you know, something that you would naturally think that our business would be involved uh, with. But as, you know, most things, um, you know, our employees have surfaced, uh, you know, our best initiatives over the years. And in this case, uh, an unfortunate loss uh, uh, really was the impetus for one of our employees, John Heinemann, to reach out to our CEO, Roger Crone, and really call him to action and ask him, what specifically was he doing as an individual in power with resources and influence uh, to affect change uh, for a crisis that really was emerging at the time? Now, keep in mind, this was late 2016, early 2017, wasn't really mainstream yet uh, in all the dialogues. Uh, so we kind of embarked on a journey there to really learn more about it. Uh, and John, you know, he had lost his son uh, to overdose. And uh, when we did launch our initiative, we found out that so many others within our company uh, had suffered a similar loss and also are struggling uh, with either family members, uh, you know, or, or children, um, parents, perhaps uh, in the same situation. So uh, really was a call to action for us um, that this was a workforce issue. This was an issue impacting our employees, their families, um, and uh, that companies do need to take a stand on things like this. Uh, and we were ready to step up to the plate at that point. Eric, um, can you talk about how and when this partnership with Lidos began? Like who found whom? How did, you know, what did the, what did the conversations look like? Yeah. How did that all begin? Yeah, I wish I could take, I wish I could take full credit for it, but I can't. <laughs> Melissa <laughs> would call me out on it too. I, you know, I, we, we saw what Roger was doing. I think as Melissa, as you were, she was telling sort of the story, um, Lidos and Roger in particular started to make a much more visible push to, um, corporate America. They developed a CEO pledge. And so as Roger was sort of stepping forward to really shine a light on this, he was, in my opinion, he was, he was an early sort of adopter in terms of a CEO saying, we need to take ownership and some agency for our, for our people. And so that was on our radar. And someone on our call, Christy Hartzell, who's on my team, um, I was at a conference and saw Roger speak and happened to be sitting with him or near him and, and started up a conversation to say, look, if you really want to make an impact, uh, one way to do it is it's a complicated issue, but one thing to think through is how do you educate people on the front end so that they make informed decisions about how they engage with this product. And uh, Roger was really interested in that and intrigued by that. Um, that led to multiple conversations with Melissa and her team. And once we started to talk about or what can someone like Truth actually provide, we had been working for probably a year or two years up to that point to really understand 
did we have a role to play in terms of educating youth and young adults? And while the most of the overdose and the deaths that occur happen later in life, if you look at the youth and young adult market, they abuse at a much higher percentage opioids, prescription pills. And so um, we felt like we had a role to play, uh, and in some cases an obligation. We know this audience extremely well, a long track record of success. And, uh, and then when we came together with Lidos, we had a lot of shared interests, which originally you may not think a company like Lidos and Truth um, you don't think of those two brands sitting together, but if you think about the story that Melissa walked through, um, it's ingrained in their culture, I think, to really look for ways to make a significant impact on their employees. And we sort of fit into that to that matrix because we are very data-driven. So I'll brag about Melissa's organization a little bit. You can imagine if you are a defense contractor, the kind of data you have to collect and provide to make sure you understand what you're doing and if it works. And we're very data-driven. We have a host of social scientists on board. We are arguably the most successful social marketing campaign in history if you just look at the peer review papers. And so we have a, a deep commitment to uh, the data and the science and the efficacy around our work. And that appealed to Lidos at the same time. So we had a shared interest in terms of what we wanted to accomplish in impacting people. And we also had a very shared interest in terms of the bar we place on evidence. And so that made for a really rich and strong conversation. Good job, Christy. I know you're listening. So that's fantastic. I'm glad you guys found one another. This episode is brought to you by Submittable, a cloud-based submission management platform that makes it easy to accept, review, and select any kind of content, ranging from requests for donation, scholarship, and grants to managing employee volunteers and forms, fellowships, and job applications. I caught up with Submittable's product marketing manager, Natalia de Robertis Thai, to learn how they're using their product to help organizations of all sizes improve their own inclusivity practices and reduce bias. Because of the nature of our software, we're really uniquely positioned to help so like thousands or thousands of customers integrate better inclusivity into all kinds of opportunities that they're launching. So from grants and corporate giving programs to scholarships and fellowships to publications, uh, we're providing better resources and making them easier to find for our customers to eliminate bias in their processes and make sure that they're incorporating inclusive practices. Learn more about Submittable and get seven key strategies for integrating inclusivity into your submission and application processes at submittable.com forward slash EFG. At Engage for Good, we talk a lot about the fact that there has to this has these partnerships have to be win-win. It can't just be one-sided where um, you know, business is just pushing funds to charity like that can happen it's just called something else it's called philanthropy it's not you know a social impact partnership per se so um i just caveat this next question with that statement that we think it's important that business um is getting something back from these partnerships as well because then you could perpetuate right like if if business isn't winning in addition to the charitable partner then these programs go away you know, that that's kind of our philosophy. So, um, Melissa, can you talk a little bit about the business objectives that Lidos originally set for your work with the opioid crisis? Sure. And, that, you know, anyone that's done a lot of research around uh, the usage of opioids knows that um, it is a workforce issue. So I think ultimately, you know, we were compelled, as Eric said, by their data and their ability to actually drive real results on the front end of that right through education. 
Um, however, we were seeing our employees kind of in the in the midst of, of struggling with family members and things like that who were, who were going through similar situations. And so we wanted to embark on an initiative uh, that uh, enabled us to help reduce the stigma, allowed people to bring their whole selves to work in a way uh, so that they could be vulnerable and also take full advantage of of um, our employee assistance services and other benefits we provide to families. Um, and so one metric for success for us is, is just um, the amount of employees seeking help in this regard. Uh, we implemented a prescription control uh, measure with our insurance providers that allows us to limit the number of pills given to people on their first um, visit to the doctor in an attempt to um, prevent, you know, um, uh, them from becoming um, um, addicted to the substance. Um, and so, you know, it, it really became a solicit campaign that uh, we're looking at results uh, from, uh, you know, our, par- our partners like Eric and team, uh, but also from our employees uh, and their families, their utilization of different benefits that we provide in this area. Uh, and, and hopefully we're driving change uh, in all of those areas. That's such an interesting answer because that's not typically what you think of when you think of these social impact campaigns, but the very health and well-being of your employees is a pretty important business metric <laughs> um, and objective to have set out. So I, I love that. Um, Eric, there are a lot of ways you guys partnered together um, to bring the truth about opioids to life, but can you give us kind of the brief overview of some of the ways that you work together in this initiative? Yeah, and I'd say, I think, you know, one of the things that... Um, we were able to find really quickly was some clarity on on roles. And I, one of the things we appreciate so much about Lidos, and I think to your point earlier, about what are some of the components that really make strong partnerships in this arena. Um, I think Melissa and her team were really great at saying, look, you understand the youth market. This is what you do. You have a track record. We want to set you up so that you can focus on that. And that was incredibly helpful for us. At the same time, we knew, as Melissa talked about, they really need to be able to, to get this in front of their employees, have them engaged, so they can make internal cultural change. So we, so what we tried to do as much as we possibly could were simple things like make those assets readily available, share all the data, all the stories we were getting from the people who were engaged in spots themselves. Um, we did forums where we could come and talk and share with their employees the work that we were doing. Um, Lidos had a spot on an A&E show that was focused on addiction and telling stories of addiction. We participated in that and tried to help in terms of framing that for the producers in terms of what they were saying and how they were talking about it. Um, we tried to bring the experience to the Lidos employees and into their footprint so they could, as much as you can, engage with a, an experience that lives in the real world for youth and young adults by bringing that to the Lidos culture. And we also spent a lot of time trying to build momentum around the things that Lidos was already doing. I mentioned before that they had a CEO pledge that they were promoting. And so we tried to come alongside them um, introduce other CEOs to the pledge, really force, not force, but encourage other organizations to take a stand. And we also realized, and I think this is why Roger kind of went in this direction, was once you put your name on a piece of paper and make a pledge in front of your employees that this is going to be an issue for you, you really are, are, are setting the bar very high and not just using the language that we care, but saying, this is what we are going to do as an organization to make a difference. And we had dozens and dozens of CEOs that signed the pledge. And so what we tried to do is A, do our first job as well as we could, right? I mean, the, the key is to, to really execute in terms of developing a campaign that's going to be effective. But at the same time, 
understanding what Lidos really needed in terms of so we could both meet our needs. And I think we did that really, really well. Um, you brought up the CEO pledge, which is something I wanted to ask Melissa a little bit more about as well. Can you talk about the rationale behind establishing a CEO pledge? Why was that important to Lidos? Why was that important to Roger? Um, and then do you feel like it moved the needle on this issue from your perspective? Yeah, and this is, is such an important point to make for anyone who's thinking about standing up a campaign within their own organizations on a topic similar to this. Uh, you can do it at the lower levels, but it won't take root the same way that it will uh, if you have the support and the tone at the top uh, telling people it's okay to talk about these things. You know, for a CEO to come out and open that door for people uh, and really just let people know it's okay to have these conversations, it really eliminates that stigma inside of an organization and calls everyone to action to kind of rally around that cause. Uh, so we wanted other organizations to experience what we had in that regard. Um, and, uh, you know, by calling the CEOs to action, and now we have, I think, 100, uh, 100 CEOs uh, on board, uh, we're hoping to affect similar results within other companies and to pay that forward and to share our lessons learned and, you know, um, give people our content ideas, and, and hopefully they can carry that forward to, to help even more people. You know, that's interesting. I hadn't thought about a CEO pledge as um, a destigmatizing effort. So I think that's a really interesting perspective because you're right. These are hard issues to talk about. I, I can think of another handful of similar causes that are hard to talk about. And just by the CEO kind of shining a light and saying like, hey, we can talk about this. We know it's an issue. Let's talk about it. I think that's a really interesting perspective. So thank you for sharing that, Melissa. Um, Eric, as you look back over this partnership, what would you say, what do you personally feel are the most compelling parts of your partnership with Lidos? Yeah, that's how much time do you have? <laughs> um, <laughs> I, I think, you know, there are a lot, I, just being connected to a large corporation that has such a clear North Star in terms of um, what they stand for and the role they want to play with employees, I think is incredibly rewarding. And to be able to be, to partly shine a light on what Lidos has done has been incredibly rewarding to see. It's, that's a hard thing to do when Melissa talked through and the vulnerability that's required from the CEO. And the it, it just shows the, the depth of that culture where you can step out and invite people into the hurt, what people are experiencing. And so I, I think that's been extremely re rewarding. Ultimately, you know, we're, we're not claiming success until we get the data. And so we're close. We're about, uh, I think in the fall, winter, we hope to have the of outcome evaluation of the campaign. So we're, we're in the midst of following a longitudinal cohort over time, which is based on their exposure and recall of our campaign. And are we shifting their knowledge and attitudes about opioid use, in particular prescription pills? And as we see the, those shifts in attitudes, does that lead to a behavioral change? So ultimately, success for us, or do we have fewer youth and young adults misusing and abusing opioids? Uh, because we know that's going to slow down that ramp into uh, addiction. It's not the only place we have success. I mean, we, we desperately need things like Melissa was talking about, policy change. Um, we need real treatment solutions and, at scale for individuals. Public education is a part of that. And so uh, we are starting to see really positive early signs. Awareness of the campaign is leading to intentions and attitudes shifting. I am hopeful if this plays out the way that it has for us in tobacco, that that is going to translate into real behavioral change. I'm extremely proud that we're on that trajectory. I expect that we will be able to turn the tide. I'd also say, too, we 
you're familiar with the work, some of the original launch work, we had a spot or campaign in there. It's called Treatment Box that followed around a young woman named Rebecca who was going through um, essentially opioid withdrawal and treatment. It was about, we, we basically told the story of her first five days. And we shot that, gosh, must be two years ago now. We won an Emmy for that work with Lidos. We won an, uh, an FE for that um, with Lidos as well. We're very proud of that. And probably most importantly, she is, she is clean two years later. She is engaged and she's on a trajectory to a very happy life. And I can't think of a better success story. That's awesome. I love that. Um, Melissa, you referenced some lessons learned that you've had over uh, the course of this this effort. Can you talk a little bit about some of the things that you've learned and what you might share with other companies along the way? Like what's been hard? What's been surprising? What's been easier than you thought? What's resonated? Yeah, I think um, one lesson definitely is to find great partners and, uh, you know, to use use their wings. Uh, you know, I, I mentioned um, when we first kind of got the call to action from our employee, we didn't know a whole lot about the opioid epidemic because it wasn't as mainstream as it, as it is today. Uh, and finding great partners like the Truth, Truth Initiative, um, we uh, also partner with other organizations, um, Community Anti-Drug Coalitions of America, um, you know, the uh, Chris Atwood Foundation, who does Narcan uh, training, naloxone distribution, um, uh, Jim Wahlberg, who uh, makes great films that brings uh, lessons to kids in the schools. Um, you know, all, all of these uh, great partners have taught us good things. So I think when you're when you're looking to engage, you come at it with uh, your own um you know, your own goals, but you definitely are in listening mode and you have to take the lead from the people who have made this their life's work, like, like Eric and Christy and others, um, and, and really help propel their efforts, uh, and, and garner from that what you can to bring within your organization, uh, to make you successful. Eric, how about you? Any lessons learned um, from this? Maybe I'm going to ask you two questions. So it's a pretty big deal for the Truth Truth Initiative to take on another issue, right? Like you've been the anti-tobacco organization for years. So any lessons learned from like a brand shift perspective as well as from this partnership? And I know that first one's probably a big question. No, it's a good one. You know, while I have you. Yeah, Yeah, the brand shift's (laughs) a good one. I I mean, it's, it's interesting. We probably four or five years ago, we were seeing on a tracking study, before we knew we would engage with this work, we would ask people, like, when you think of the Truth Brand, those who are aware of us, like, what do we do? What do you think of? And over half the audience would say, uh, you do anti-drugs, and they would just bucket us into this category. And so for the longest time, we kind of went through this, is it misattribution? Is it not clear that we do tobacco? And I think where we were sort of netting out was... When you talk about risky behavior, in many cases, there's a lot of good data and science around this. These things, they, they, they go together in circles. So it's, it's not hard to believe that if you're, if you're a kid who's um, a high-sensation-seeking high kid, um, you're trying lots of things you can get your hands on. And so if you have truth, who maybe in our mind, we're at the single issue, they may just hear us saying, hey, beware, be cautious, you know, fill in the blank. And so when this sort of came up and we thought, you know, 50% are, are, are saying that they think we already do it, that's different than giving us permission to do it. So we went back out and did a quantitative survey of like essentially saying, do we have permission to do this? It was overwhelming. The majority of people said, aren't you doing it already? <laughs> Which was, it affirmed what we were doing. <laughs> Isn't that interesting? interesting? And then the other one, the other, the other individuals who did not say that said things like, if you don't do it, who else is going to do it? And so we felt like... Um, 
you know, to talk about tobacco and vaping, we have to understand youth culture. We just can't parachute in and say, hey, kids, don't smoke. It's a very arduous, uh, sophisticated process to make sure that we can speak the language. And so we knew we had a brand. We knew we had a platform. We had a track record to do that. The difficulty was, and still is, how do we talk about this in a way that is additive and that's actually going to make a difference? Because there's not a lot of success around public education for prescription opioids in particular. In fact, I, I, I can't think of a lot of examples, particularly at a national level. And so we spent probably a year just trying to understand, can we even, t- what's going on and what is the role of pop culture and youth culture? What is the role of um, access? Like, and, and how do we find our way in there? And we, I would say we were probably more concerned about how the brand was going to have an impact or what impact tackling this issue would have on the brand than the consumer was. The brand, uh, lesson for me, is the brand is much more pliable than I gave it credit for. I'm not, I'm not advocating mission creep at all. But um, I think we just occupied, we, the lesson learned, we occupied a much larger piece of real estate in the mind of the consumer than we gave ourselves credit for. And when we have someone like Lidos come along to say, here, let's help you step into that space because it becomes a resource issue for someone like us. It's, we, we, we know how to do sort of the on-the-ground intervention and eye-level communication with, with young people. The challenge for us is always going to be how do we scale that appropriately with resources so that it makes a difference. And so that's where, again, going back to our shared interests, it really allowed us to step in with confidence. One of the things that I've heard multiple times in this conversation already that I love is the whole metrics conversation and how data-driven both of the partners are. Melissa, can you talk a little bit about how Lidos is looking at outcomes or metrics as it relates to this particular partnership and this particular initiative? Eric talked a little bit about some of the data that you're collecting as partners, but are there other things that you've been watching and keeping an eye on that are important to you at Lidos? I think uh, trend lines in large locations for us have been important uh, uh, instances of overdose deaths uh, in areas that we live and work have been important. Uh, but related to the work for truth, you know, we've seen some compelling results come out of their campaigns. I mean, if you take a look at their most recent uh, commercials that they've developed, uh, I mean, they are very shocking, but very effective uh, pieces of work. Um, and they mentioned the piece that they won the Emmy for. Uh, I mean, that is, if you have 20 minutes and you can go and watch that uh, video, do it because it is an emotional experience, uh, even even in a digital format. Um, so I think, you know, to see awareness levels rise, to see stigma drop and to see actual movement in, um, you know, the instances of overdoses uh, going down to some extent in the locations that we operate is, has been terrific. But I think, you know, Eric alluded to this, this is a marathon for us. Uh, we know it's not a flash in the pan, you know, throw a check over the fence, take a picture and run type of situation. This is, we all have to be in this for the long haul to really make a change. Yeah. And I think that's such an interesting point. And I just want to reiterate that for our listeners a little bit in that, um, these are not short-term issues. If you're going to take on a hard issue, you can't expect to see results in three months or six months or even a year. I mean, I love the commitment and the partner's commitment to measurement and to really taking the time and resourcing um, that data collection effort. And again, it does take time. So thank you both for kind of saying that as well as reiterating it multiple times throughout this conversation, because I do feel like people do need to hear that. And sometimes these social impact things are under-resourced in a lot of ways. And that's one of them is that 
that measurement and metrics piece. So I appreciate that. Well, fantastic. You guys, thank you both so, so much for sharing a little bit more about this amazing partnership. Congratulations again on the Halo Award win. Eric, if people want to learn more about the Truth Initiative online, how might they do that? Yeah, you can go to see about the campaign. You can go to thetruth.com. That's where you'll your portal into uh, what we're doing and how we're speaking to youth and young adults uh, right now. And, or you can go to the Truth Initiative to our site, truthinitiative.org, to, to see our work there as well. Fantastic. Um, and Melissa, how about you? Where can people learn more about Lidos online as well as your social impact work? You can go to Lidos.com. That's L-E-I-D-O-S.com and go to our responsibility and sustainability section of our website to learn more. Fantastic. And we will put all of that in the show notes as well. I'll try to link to that video as well that you uh, both referenced so people can um, take the time to watch that as well. You can find all of that in the show notes, which we'll post at engageforgood.com. Well, thanks again so much. We'll look forward to hearing your continued success with this partnership and really appreciate it. And congratulations yet again. 